HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Kenzel Guadal. And this is almost Agave Road Trip. What do you mean almost? Well, it can't be Agave Road Trip until Chava gets in the car. Sure, I get that. But he's always at least a bit late, right? That's why he asked me to fill in. I'm everywhere. All at once. Yeah, that. But we also can't start our Agave Road Trip until we fill the tank. You mean pay the bills? Right. We've got to run the commercials that help us pay for these agave road trips. Wait, people actually pay for you to advertise their products? They do. In fact, here's one now. Hey, bartender, it's that time again time for Tales of the Cocktail. Tales of the Cocktail is the world's premier cocktail festival and the biggest street show for the folks working in the hospitality industry. This year's festival runs September 19th through 23rd, and there are both virtual events and in-person events. And some of those events include your favorite Agave Road Trip hosts. Right. So we're hosting a session called How Not to Kill Your Guests, in which emergency room physician Ryan Acock offers tips on how you can keep your customers off of his gurney. In another session at Tales, one I organized with Anna Nguyen, we suggest how a business can celebrate a different community in a way that is both culturally appropriate and financially successful. It's titled An Imperfect Guide to the Art of Celebrating Cultures. And it includes Lou, which is why it's an imperfect guide, sure. as well as Maestro Eduardo Angeles of La Locura. To attend either of these sessions, register for free at talesofthecocktail.org. Once registered, you can download the app and sign up for our session which you can find easily by searching for me, Lou Bang, or me, Salvador Perivan. Wait, Salvador? I thought your name was Chava. Okay, Lou, now you're just proving that you're imperfect at celebrating other cultures. But I'm great at celebrating tales of the cocktail. You can also find the link by going to agaveroadtrip.com and looking under our menu, Fun Stuff. And speaking of fun stuff, while you're at the Tales app, go look at the virtual Agave Road Trip Exhibitor booth. There's an opportunity for bartenders to receive a free tasting kit tied to our next Drink With Us session in October. Oh man, that's a lot, Chava. So wait, so you sign up at talesofthecocktail.org to attend our sessions, which you find by searching our names, and then you have to search for Agave Road Trip Virtual Booth to find registration for our October tasting? What? Isn't there an easier way? Sure. Just send a message to us through the contact 
contact page at chagaveroadtrip.com and we'll help you navigate all of this. That's what makes you the perfect co-pilot. All that clear navigation. And if you're hearing this after September 2021, hey, just go to agave.video to watch the archived versions of all of these sessions. But in the meantime, strap yourself in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, today, old Chava, I want to talk about, I want to talk about water. Water. Uh, why, why did you choose that one? Because it's been raining like crazy. We have hurricane season in Mexico that, that made you feel like you want to talk about water. You know, it's funny. I, cause I honestly, I think water is everything. Water is the biggest, the biggest life force that we have. And it's the biggest threat to the life that we have. Like water. Oh, you're getting all philosophical now. Yeah. Really? Like you feel all of these things. You don't feel all of these things at all. Oh, Just no, no, no. I really water. do. <laughs> like to me, like when, when I think I, in my head, water always wins, always wins. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. Water is going to dominate. And in fact, in fact, I would argue it dominates the taste of most of the agave spirits that we, we drink. You like you want to know a story about my life, Lou? The the first time I thought about the water. <laughs> oh, this, this this goes back in my life. I, you got all <laughs> sentimental. You like you you started to flutter your eyes as you yeah, said I, that. I, I do, I do. This is actually this is a great part of my life. I was about seventeen, and I was living in the mm-hmm. middle of the mountains of France in uh, Sofia Antipolis, close to Nice, and uh, that's a rather isolated place. Uh, but there was this beautiful library there where, where I will go every once in a while. And at the time, I didn't drink coffee. I only drank tea. And once I found a beautiful book about tea, and one of the chapters was dedicated to water. And they were saying, sure. you know, like tea, it's it's 99% water. It's just a tiny, yeah. tiny proportion of particles that you're informing that water with. So they were very... Um, strong about choosing the right water to make different teas. And they were saying that not all waters work for all different types of herbs uh, that will give you tea. So that was the first time where I was like, wow, like that makes sense. Everything that we drink in the world, even your Coca-Cola that seems not to have any water in it, does have a lot of water. Yeah. And I think like, you know, to, to the point that was being made in that book, I think the water informs so much of the flavor, especially with these agave spirits. The first time, the first time that struck me was when I was in Santa Maria Ixcatlan, Oaxaca, visiting our friend Amandito. And, you know, like so often when you're, um, when you're a gringo from the USA traveling to Mexico, like rule number one is don't drink the water. <laughs> and Amando put, right? And Amando put his hikara, uh, into the spring with you know, the, where the, the spring water was flowing out of one of the, I don't know what you'd call it, like a hole in the ground. Uh, ojo de agua. We, we call them ojos de agua, like the eye of the water. Or oh, that's we're, beautiful. We're, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good at that. <laughs> yeah, you are. And so, and he said, to, you know, he, oh, here's our water. Taste it. And I was, as you can imagine, very, very reluctant. I thought, I, if I do oh, that, I'm going to be killed. That's such a dumb Kringle attitude. This is, this is probably the cleanest water you have ever drank in your life. The thing that comes out of your wait, Chicago wait. tap or whatever you buy as filtered water in America doesn't come close to be this pure. 
Well, and that's exactly the point that I am getting to, old oh, I'm Chava. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's like it was it was this beautiful water experience. And it happened to be coming just before like I, I literally went from uh uh Ixcot line to Mexico City and then flew from Mexico City over to Edinburgh to Scotland uh for a friend's wedding. And I was leading a tasting of agave spirits um, with a bunch of members of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society over there on one of my off nights. And I mm. thought, oh, this is like so delicious. And it reminds me of the flavor of Amando spirits. Oh, it's lovely. And uh, yeah, and I knew that in Scot Scotland, like the, the, the big Scotch geeks, one of the things is, you know, A, you add a little drop of water to your whiskey – uh, your single mm -hmm. malt whiskey is what they call scotch in Scotland. It's kind of like Chinese <laughs> food. It's just called food in China. And um, and so you add a little drop. And the ideal is to have the water from the community in which that whiskey was made, right? Wow. And you were able to supply that because you have been with Amando stealing yeah. their beautiful water of their community. Yeah, exactly. I stole, I stole, I stole like a liter of water for God's sake, Java. And, and I brought it over and it was like, it was really for them. It was this beautiful moment where, you know, I've said this, I think a number of times, my palate's not that sophisticated, but they immediately recognized the flavor of that water in that spirit. And they've, yeah. And, and even, even before we, we get all geeky about the, the mezcal and giving more examples, like I, I remember a lot, I used to work with ceramicists. And one of the first things that when I started getting close to their family, like, you know, like one of their rite of passages is, was them giving them of the, the water that they were storing in this like hundred year old pots that they had in their house. Huh. And they used to like, it was, I can't remember the way they, they explained this to me, but in a way they were saying, you know, like today we're all obsessed with sugary drinks and f like, like water that tastes like things because that was always the case historically. Like you never had, yeah, like whatever you're drinking right now, which I, it's like a Sprite or something. Uh, but you know, historically water tasted like things, tasted like clay, tasted like hikara, tasted like the river. And then it's been very recent since natural water tried to be very neutral and it tastes like nothing. And the little things that you can taste in natural water is either plastic or chlorine. Hmm. So no wonder we are like, it's such an unattractive drink, right? Uh, and I remember this water coming out of the, they, they will leave it there for, I don't know, like maybe a week before drinking it. And it was just informed with this beautiful, just clay flavors that, that, that was very, very pretty. Oh, that's really interesting. But, you know, it, yes, informed with the clay flavors. But to your point, the water itself, the water itself still mm. tasted like something. And, you know, so often I think when we talk about terroir, I, I think maybe the terroir is best imparted. By the water. And I think that's, you know, when we, when we recognize a flavor to, um, to, to mezcals made in Santa Catarina Minas or Desolados de Agave made in Santa Catarina Minas, I really think, you know, we've had this discussion online. Is it because of the process and the clay that pots that they use? I think it has so much more to do with the fact that these, even when we've got a 50% ABV mezcal yeah. or Desolado de Agave, it's 50% water. Yes. And even we're having this discussion with Lalo and he was telling me that one of the first things that he did way back in the day when he was coming with his so-called recipes or where he was coming with a more consistent way of producing, he went around town tasting all the waters he could. 
he did say he gets sick more than once. And he says that, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, to your point, like maybe it's not such a dumb gringo thing. And uh, the other thing he was saying is, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, maybe I need to eat my words for a second here. But the other thing he said is the first part of training that he's willing to give his daughter is that to go chase waters around Santa Catarina Minas and tell her this water is good for a Karawinski. This water is good for a Tepestate or a, or a Vicuela, as it's called, it's called there. You, or, sorry, what? Do, do you think maybe he's also timing that, like right before she's supposed to go out on her first date, and then he's going to send her over to one of those places that made her sick, that made him sick? I'm you so think? happy you don't have a daughter, not, not a son, too, for <laughs> that matter. You don't happen to have dogs, but I, I guess you just pamper the hell out of them. Yeah. I don't think so. I hope not. But yeah, like it's it, it's definitely a part of the craft. And it's also so easy for it to change so drastically in Oaxaca. I think in a way in Oaxaca, you have such crazy diversity of flavors because the geography is insane. The same in Guerrero and the same in Michoacán, right? So sure, the water, sure. some people get their water for like, how do you call that? Like under the earth streams. Uh, the aquifers, yeah. The aquifers, thanks for the word. And and you some know, people get it from the mountains, some people get it from the Ojo de Agua. All of these sources will have just drastically different flavors. One of the things I get asked frequently is, where can I drink beautiful heritage agave spirits when I travel to Mexico? And so often when people ask me that question, the first part of it is, I'm going to be going to Mexico City. Where can I drink in Mexico City? Now, there are a lot of places that I like to drink in Mexico City. And I have a lot of friends in Mexico City um, who will invite me to their houses to drink the beautiful spirits that they pick up from random communities that they have visited. But now my podcast co-host Chava Peribon has actually set himself up in the Zocalo, the primary Zocalo in Mexico City, in this beautiful centuries-old house where he's offering textiles and ceramics, but also offering private tastings for agave spirits nerds. If you're interested in doing a tasting with Chava Peribon, who leads amazing tastings but records horrible ads... Go to Seminario12.com. That's S-E-M-I-N-A-R-I-O-1-2.com. Or go to Instagram at Seminario12. Send them a message. Tell them when you're coming, and you're going to have the tasting of your life. Right. You know, it actually it brings to mind the trip that, that, uh, that you and I and Roy, our fine sound engineer, took um, to Puebla. Where we, we were doing the salt trail, right? Oh, yes. And in that one place, the, the thousands of year old, uh, salt millions, mines and, millions, millions, millions. Well, I guess, yeah, but they hadn't been <laughs> harvesting it for that long. No. But it's a good point. But you know, they, they had on this one property, like very geographically, very close to each other. They had the, the water piping up from different spots on the land and based on like these individual hoses i guess they were that the water was coming out of they would then let the water settle into these uh shallow pools it would uh evaporate and you'd be left with these different salts that tasted so different even if even if the water source was coming from just like 20 yards away it tasted yeah. so different the salt did and, yes, and so and so if you think about that like you know even within a community you're gonna have yeah. different flavored waters and then if we even want to take that to to another level of 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 choosing 
water in, in, in the final product is there's, I mean, it's so much more common these days for, for the market demands that the ABB in the spirits is not the ABB or the proof that it's originally coming out of the stills, right? right? Most of the things that you drink in America are not at the proof that was originally conceived. Right. So sure. a lot of mezcaleros are having to engage with the question with, okay, I have a 52 ABB spirit here. How do I bring it down to 46 without ruining it? Right. And passing, I mean, this is a like, longer discussion, but and passing all the tests that I need to pass. Therefore, I cannot use the tails or the heads in order to bring it down. Well, you uh, can't use the heads to bring it down. But yeah, well, to, no, to your yeah. point, let's not let's not get into the weeds on, uh, yeah, on yeah, that yeah. particular so, piece. But you need to choose which water, and the like. And this is a very new problem for them. And they've been try like I've been seeing so many ways to try to go about this. Some are distilling their water mm-hmm. before th- before bringing it down to the things that like before mixing it with the spirit. Some yeah. people buy water in bottles. Like some people have favorite brands. Like uh, <laughs> I, I know this guy that loves Bonafont, and he will never use Alpura. Uh, you know, like this, this is the brand that is good with my mezcal. So, which, that's... which actually makes sense because, you know, here again, those waters are coming from different places and they're gonna taste different. I can't remember the name of the brand, but like the, the one that, that either comes from or, or it tries to present itself as coming from the Pacific Islands is my favorite bottled water and it actually tastes buttery to me. Oh, wow. Uh, you say you have a sort of sophisticated palate sometimes, Lou. But, uh, and, yeah, right. But yeah, so I, I don't know. And, and I, when I was, when I was working at, uh, at distillation, I remember we went through the whole question of shall we invest in a state of the art filtration system? Mm-hmm. And then what that gives you in a way, it's very boring water. And you <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah, like, and you can design that and you can add some stuff later and you can formulate your own water and stuff. But I think that, and this is just a like absolute personal thing, but some of the spirits that I've tried that ha- go through a very like chemist-strict chemist process, I think that sometimes they, they are so clean, starting with the water, mm-hmm. that they stop being surprising in, in, a, in a weird way. I think the water is also a, a source of great surprises if you have spirits. Huh, and sometimes not so great surprises. Yeah, surprises going by ships, yeah. I yeah, give you yeah. that. But, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because, I, yeah, we're already past our Jason point of oh, 12 Lord. minutes. But, um, you know, I, 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 I would feel like it was remiss if we talked about water and didn't talk about water insecurity, right? Yes, a lot of these people making mezcal, there's a reason why there's a gap around them, around them because they live in desertic areas, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they they live in arid places uh, where it's not easy to grow a lot of things. You don't need a lot of water generally to grow your agave, but you do need water if you're going to make agave spirits. And more to the point, you need water if you're going to have human beings to make your agave spirits. Without water, there there's no people, right? Yes, and you need a bunch of water to cool the like the, wa- water as in any other process. It's very much needed also in 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 mezcal making. And unfortunately, a lot of them are struggling with that for a number of reasons. Some are just you know global warming, and some have to do with the fact that they've 
been polluting the rivers around them with vinasas, uh, right. therefore killing their, their own rivers, their own source of water, or cutting all the trees around them to cook the agave and therefore eroding the, the soils and having no capacity to, to, to fix water into their soils. Uh, I get depressed. You know, well, what, okay, can we, can we make this fast, Lou? <laughs> yeah, sure we can. You know, like, so, so I just, one of, two of the projects, uh, that we're working on as we're recording this, and I think there's going to be a third, uh, pretty shortly, but two of the projects uh, that we're working on at Sacred uh, are water projects, right? The, our friends at Vamanos Riendo Mezcal funded um, the complete uh, the complete build-out of a rain harvest system in Zachila, Oaxaca, that's connected to an elementary school. And there's a, there's a video on our um, uh, Agave Road Trip Instagram page that I think maybe it's on the Sacred page. I think it's on the sacred page that documents um, that project. But then we also have the funding to build a much, much larger uh, rain harvest system in in Ixcatlan, that same place we just talked about where I tasted that beautiful water where they've been experiencing drought pretty seriously uh, over the last several years, over the last decade, what is several years. And um, uh, and so once once the pandemic has subsided enough that that our team can get into Ixcatlan without threatening the safety of the residents there, we're going to build a pretty significant rain harvest system that should, that should mitigate the water insecurity for that community of 485 people. And, okay. you know, and I'm, yeah, and I'm hopeful that we can, uh, we can do some more water projects once that's complete, uh, which I think is going to be that third thing that we talk about sometime in the next few weeks. Can you just promise some promise something to me, please? I don't know. Please, just okay, say yes. Sh- sure. Okay. Can you get some of the? Like, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Try rainwater for fermentation. I'm very curious of, and I know there's a few people that do that almost accidentally. I've seen a lot of fermentation tanks huh. outside, and it rains, huh. and it like naturally fills the fermentation tanks with a proportion of rainwater. But I will be very interested in tasting something that is consistently made with rainwater uh, and comparing it with the water that it's used, like that you can find at the Ojo de Agua of Izcatlan and then the stuff that is coming from the clouds. Oh, that is, that's a beautiful side-by-side. Yeah. No, I like that. Right? Oh, man. I I will kill for that. Yeah. Well, okay. There you go. So, uh, uh, Mondo, get ready. You're going to be... you're going to be getting a request from me shortly. And I guess, yes. unless you've got any other requests, Chava, I think we can no. we can wrap it up. Catch you next episode. Adios, bato. See ya. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.